Good morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. In this church, we believe you don't have to think alike to love alike. We believe that the diversity of religious and, and spiritual views actually helps to deepen the, the experience of religious community, and it does not prevent us from walking together in faith, commitment, and compassion. Uh, we welcome anyone who's here for the first time or those that are, are just returning for the second or third. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, visitors, guests, newcomers are all welcome to any and all of our events most of which I believe are listed in an insert in your orders of service along with contact information. If you'd like, if you're, any of those spark your interest, there are people you can call and ask more about it. Um, some of them happen off the church campus, so you can also find out where, more about where they are. Uh, today is... Our end of the Sunday school year service, we call it Affirmation Sunday, when the children are recognized for the work that they've done, and we try to also uh, honor the teachers. Today we will have what we call an in-gathering, and we do this twice a year, where the people who have joined since the last in-gathering are welcomed as a congregational event, and not just individually. Um, the, regarding information about the church and about becoming part of the church, aside from the fact that you can fill out one of the blue cards if you would like to receive the newsletter or have a call from someone on staff or make an appointment, um, and then putting that in the offering basket a little bit later in the service, uh, there are people at the guest table in the foyer to answer questions, and today, following the service, we will have a newcomer information session, and Ron, our... Uh, membership team chair, would you like to come say a word? Watch the hurdle that's between you. Yes, I am Ron Thurston. I'm membership chairman. Um, monthly, we give an information session for visitors and guests because we love you, glad you're here, and want this to be an informative experience for you. Uh, it'll begin about 1230 down in the high schoolers' religious education classroom. You'll get to watch a DVD showing more about the denomination, different congregations across the country, and give you a broader view of everything. Uh, we'll do our best to answer your questions. Staff will be present. Committee will be present. Uh, all are invited for that, and we'll talk about the membership process and activities of the church. So if you're interested in more information about us, please check us out. Thank you. Uh, the high school classroom is the one with the overstuffed couches and, and stuff in it, so it's easy to pick out. Uh, I'm trying to think if we have other announcements today. Uh, Highland Blessing Dinner will be June 7th. We need people to sign up to work that. That's where we go and serve uh, people that come into the Highland Center for a free meal uh, from the community. Um, Congregational meeting is May the 29th, 20, it's next Sunday, whatever that date is, 27th, okay. Um, so we need everybody to plan to stay for that. Uh, there was something else. Oh, we have a potluck today. You don't have to bring food to stay and attend. Um, we hope that you'll hang around and talk with us some. 
We also ask that before we move into the rest of the service, you remember to turn off or silence cell phones and electronic devices. Their punctuation is not always timely. So if you'll take a few deep breaths. And let us together enter the spirit of worship. As we gather together in worship, let us remember that to worship is to lift up and to contemplate that which is of worth, worth-ship. And these matters of worth can be many different things to different people, as can the practice of prayer. I'm drawn back time and time again to two quotes on prayer, though I have never known the source of either of them. The first, it matters not to whom you pray, but that you pray. To which I would add that it matters not if you call it prayer. Meditation, centering, contemplation, we all need time in our lives to be calm at the center, to connect to source or spirit or to that which can renew us. And the second, I do not pray because it changes the world, I pray because it changes me, which after all is the only way we will change the world. For our story this morning, it will be presented by our second through fifth grade class. In the second through fifth grade class this pillar, we learned about prayer. Prayer is a way to quiet your mind and to connect to God, to the spirit of life, or to the highest, wisest part of yourself. We made prayer keychains with the word this, which stands for things we might want to pray about. Thankfulness, hope, insight, and sorrow. When we talked about sorrow, we learned this story about something we can do when we feel sorry for something we have done or when we feel sorrow or anger about something someone else has done. And so, our story begins. In a land far away, a wise old man who knew a great deal about people because he lived and traveled from place to place arrived at a strange town called Judgeville. In this town, all the people were carrying what seemed to be great bundles on their backs. They couldn't look around very well, and they never looked up because of the heavy burdens they carried. Puzzled, the wise old man finally stopped a young woman. My good good woman, it seems that you are carrying these, these large bundles, and and never seem to put them down. What is their purpose? Oh, these? These are our grudges. Wow, that's a lot of grudges to collect at your age. Not all of them are mine. Some of them are my family's. See that man over there? I have a lot of grudges against his family. His great-great-grandfather called mine a horse thief when they both wanted to be elected mayor. 
The wise old man looked around at the people weighed down by their grudges, and he was saddened by this. I am saddened by this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm saddened by this. Is there no way to get rid of these burdens? We've forgotten how. Used to be that we were proud of our grudges. People would come from miles around to see them and hear our stories. But then Grudgeville became a dreary place. People stopped coming, and we forgot how to stop holding our grudges. Hmm, I think I know five magical words that'll do the trick. Really? That would be a miracle. I'll go call the mayor and tell her to uh, do a town meeting. And off he went, as fast as his grudges would let him, to get the mayor and tell her about the wise old man's idea. The mayor wasted no time calling the people to the town square. Hear ye, hear ye, come to Village Square, all citizens of Grudgeville. Good people of Grudgeville, a wonderful thing has happened. This very wise stranger has come to our town. He says he can tell us magic words that will rid us of these grudges we have carried for generations. of you would like to be able to straighten up, have your grudges disappear, and look at the world in a whole new way. Listen to the wise old man do as he tells you. My good people, these, these are simple words, and yet some people find them hard to say. I think you, my good people, will have the courage to speak them. Try it. The first two words are I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. The trick is, you must say them to each other and you must truly mean them. Are you ready? Try it. The first two words are, I'm sorry. Can you say them? <laughs> Great. And the, and the other three words are, I forgive you. Can you say them all? All together. Now try saying them to each other. There was a long pause and then a low grumble from the townspeople. First one person, then another said the words. Soon they were all saying them to each other. Quietly at first and then louder. And then, okay, we get it, quiet. <laughs> Would you believe it? Just like the wise old man predicted, the grudges disappeared. What joy there was in the town. There was dancing in the streets that day, and it wasn't long before the mayor changed the name of the town to Joytown. Wow, it's great to look up for a change. 
Look how big those trees have grown. Oh, it's you. How good to see your face. So I will ask the second through fifth graders to put down their grudges and come back up here. I had a friend who had five children and she used to say, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. If the color just really bothers you, we can, we can work with it afterward, okay? <laughs> this is Caroline and Andrew. Zoe, Eleonora, Sarah, Gretchen, and Mason. <laughs> and do we have any who are here today who are moving up to middle school? That's right, two of you. Mason and Sarah. It's a book. It's the Jefferson Bible. We give the Jefferson Bible to, the, to teach about the Christian heritage of our faith. This is a Bible that Thomas Jefferson put together himself. He compiled the stories of the teachings of Jesus. And thanks for this place where we have the opportunity to practice compassion, forgiveness, generosity, and love, and to receive it just when we need it most. We now bring an offering to sustain this place, a home for our spirit, and a place to nurture us for the work ahead. We'll now um, bring up the middle school class who are going to share with us some ideas on God. Good morning. I'm Tamala Allen. This is Cherry Groves. And uh, we had the pleasure of working with the middle and high school youth uh, for the personal growth pillar. And one of the fun things we did was we had a Build a God workshop. Where best friends are made. Where best friends are made. And we want to share with you some of the things that we came up with uh, that we need from the God that we built. Powerful, one God. Mighty and handsome. (laughs) Respectable and helpful. Hands-on and responsive. 
and involved. Peacemaker. Likeable and lovable. Trustworthy and fair. Thank you for visiting our Build a God workshop, where best friends are made. And we have chalices here for, uh, for Katie and for Shane and Grant <laughs> and Amber. And moving up to high school are Katie and Grant. And you might even be able to guess what you get. I invite you to close your eyes, to relax into the seat, to drop your shoulders down from your ears if they've been creeping up that way, and join me in the spirit of prayer. Source and spirit of all life, God of our many understandings and beyond all understanding, we are thankful. Thankful for a spiritual community of all ages where our children not only learn from us, but can also be our greatest teachers. We are thankful for our private joys and triumphs, that they are multiplied when we share them here as our burdens are halved. We are hopeful that our community might grow in numbers, yes, but also that each one of us might grow truly into harmony with the sacred in whatever way is meaningful to each of us. We are hopeful for healing when it is needed most within ourselves, within our loved ones, within relationships, and in the wider world. We seek insight into the problems that perplex us. Help us to understand what is ours to do or to repair, and what we must leave to others or to life itself. And when we are sorrowful, we seek comfort in your quiet stillness and in each other's presence. Help us to remember that the pain of loss is often rooted in love and that love remains even when its form is hard to discern. Where we have caused pain, Help us to ask forgiveness. Where others have caused us pain, help us to speak our truth, set the boundaries we need to set, and let us also practice the forgiveness that we would ask of others. We take these thoughts with us as we enter the silence. When I heard Evie Jay singing to us earlier, it reminded me of um, when... When Charlie was a little baby, we, we had first moved to South Dakota. We were part of a small fellowship that always had silence in a circle. And I would hold Charlie, and then after a while, he would make a noise, and our lay leader would say, Charlie always lets us know when there's been enough time. And I felt, <laughs> I felt so welcome. So I want you to know, Melissa, that we welcome you as well, and we welcome Evie, and we celebrate her. <laughs> 
And Thomas Ratcliffe, I've known since he was almost that small, not quite. He was a toddler in the nursery when I first came here. So he's actually the first graduate to whom I did not give birth that I have seen <laughs> grow up from the nursery. So this is, this is an exciting um, and wonderful day. Um, as I said, Thomas has grown up in this church. He's the son of John and Joy Ratcliffe, who are right, right here. And he will graduate next Saturday from Caddo Magnet High School. Um, he spent his early years in religious education classes here, but he um, lately has often been the only high school student and has chosen to come to the services and also to help us out um, as a sound engineer, which we really do appreciate. Um, he uh, plans to be here in Shreveport throughout the summer and has made a decision to sign the book today as an adult member of the church. So. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. <laughs> we did talk about it. Um, he has an opportunity to travel in Europe this fall with his brother, and he has his eye on college possibilities for the spring. Um, not sure, but looking at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. He has studied piano since early childhood. He also plays guitar and numerous other instruments that he's picked up along the way. He is currently in the market for an accordion, by the way, if anybody can hook him up. Um, please welcome Thomas Ratcliffe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My name is Thomas Ratcliffe, as y'all probably know. In A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess, the teenage characters spoke in an English-Russian slang called NADSAT. This dialect is scattered and sometimes interchangeable, but not impossible to learn. I may not be entirely accurate with this statement, but a memory exists, and it seems to be the first that I have remembered. And it was Sunday, and age was irrelevant. I walked through my living room past the left side of the couch, out the door and to the Oldsmobile at 1045, knowing that I was on the way to All Souls. I believe this was the first time I noticed I was alive. Growing up with John and Joy to listen to, I knew before the first grade that hell was a fiction or a metaphor. The Bible was not a manual for how to be at peace with, with uh, the Bible was not a manual for how to be at peace after death, but a book for interpreting blueprints for your beliefs and disbeliefs. I believe the infallible parts of the Bible. I do not believe the fallible parts of the Bible. Within the walls of Montessori School for Shreveport. The majority of students were not open to disbelief in Christianity views. As well, a vast percent had never heard of All Souls or Unitarian Universalism, and no one understood my denotation. My classmates would cram their parents' morals in my ears and shut their minds at the slightest exposure to my left-wing defense. Then I would think to myself, I must be closed-minded for not conforming to their conversion. By the fifth grade, I told my mother 
that I had gone right and I was going to support George W. Bush. (laughs) And I had tasted political peer pressure. (laughs) That same day, I became a Democrat again. (laughs) But this time, with the knowledge of both parties' goals in mind and a valuable lesson, I was not close-minded. I listened to their view it just didn't make sense. Later on, I would parallel religion and politics. Whatever party or faith you knew about, it is best to read between the lines and make a decision based on your view of what is true. Unitarian Universalism involves a connection with all living things, but not the power of persuasional speech and body language like politics. I have never read any Unitarian Universalist literature in depth, so explaining to the uninformed was very difficult. But the environment that is All Souls has lured me back time and time again, allowing me to develop original ideas with a substantial quality of healthy influence to draw on. Myself and a chum of choice would hunt for churches that suited our religious needs, but none have ever amounted to the kindness, open-mindedness, experience, and inspiration we discovered off of Ellerby Rose. In NADSAT slang, God is referred to as Bog. This could be renaming Jesus Christ, or it could be another God that we have never understood and could never fully put faith in. Perceptionally, every one of us has a different cognitive image of God. It would be absurd to say that anyone is correct or incorrect inside their own description. If following a faith blindly, if following a faith blindly gives you stability and joy, I would recommend following a faith blindly. If all religious ideas involving creation and post-death location were incorrect, those ideas would still exist and still prove beneficial to use as a race. I have said all of this to you because I am a Unitarian Universalist. Brevity is wit, I'll keep it short. 